0: Are you willing to examine the traditions and doctrines that you trust in for your eternal salvation? Welcome to the Great Deception Podcast. I am Don Britton and I will be your host. I will be comparing the modern traditions and doctrines of American Christianity with what the scriptures actually say. You may be shocked to find out that much of what is commonly believed in American Christianity today is nothing more than myths handed down to us by men. So please join me now with an open mind. Welcome back to another great deception podcast. I'm Don Britton. Last week I talked about the reason the American church is full of sin and practicing sinners. I've given many reasons on the other podcast, but the reason I focused on last week was because of the falsehoods being taught and preached by almost all of our modern pastors and prophets and evangelists and teachers today. When I listen to the modern prophets that I hear on podcast, YouTube, and elsewhere, I really don't hear the voice of God. What I do hear are prophecies about things like plenty in 2020, or this is the year of your greatest success, or the Lord is about to bless his people like never before, or you've sown and this is the year you're going to reap a great harvest. One prophet I heard even said on, the pot, on his podcast, that God was going to multiply the success of his people financially by 10 times. Now, that's really, that's, that's hard to digest. Everybody that's a Christian is going to have 10 times more money? I don't think so. Another prophet also said that God was going to redeem all the lost time and wasted time of our past. I don't see how that's true for everybody. It might be true for somebody sometime in some situations, but not for everybody all the time. You see, these are blanket statements that are directed at an audience of diverse people with different situations in their lives and different needs and different spiritual conditions. Surely we don't think that one size fits all. That is, that one prophecy fits every Christian, all of God's people at the same time, in the same way. This is total nonsense. All of these prophecies only speak of earthly things and nothing about the condition of the hearts of the typical American Christian today who is either bogged down in sin and worldliness or is just a nice, lukewarm person who's going to be rejected by Jesus because they are neither cold nor hot. None of these prophecies I'm hearing even come close to addressing the moral decay in the church today, nor do they expose even one single false prophet. Jesus warned us that in the end times that many, many false prophets would arise and mislead many. Now, we are in the end times right now, and today there are countless false prophets, false pastors, and false teachers all around us. But our so-called modern prophets don't expose them, like the prophets of old did. In Matthew twenty-four ten through 12, Jesus said this, At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Because lawlessness has increased, that is the increase of sin and worldliness in the church today, most people's love has grown cold. These modern American Christians today don't love God with all their hearts, and they don't love their neighbor as themselves. Most so-called Christians today think nothing of gossiping against their friends and neighbors, or lying, or slandering someone or being selfish, or getting a divorce, or, or committing adultery, or being lustful in their mind, or, or you, the use of pornography, or, or even pretending or acting like a hypocrite, and even holding a grudge against someone. They don't even have a problem doing that today. The studies have proven that the American church is exactly like the world in its morals, its conduct, its character, and its attitude. This is true to a great extent because our pastors and prophets who speak falsehoods are leaving the impression that on the American Christian to believe that all is well and that God just accepts them anyway and overlooks their sins. In Second Peter 2, 1-9, through 9, here's what it says. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the Master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves many will follow their sensuality that's what we have today many the masses the majority the most will follow their sensuality that is their flesh and because of them the way of the truth that is these false prophets the way of the truth will be maligned it'll be twisted it'll be perverted in verse 3 and in their greed they will exploit you with false words their greed in other words they like the money they like the power they like they like the position that they have But their judgment, he says, from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and if God did not spare the ancient world but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he, God, condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, having made them an example to those who would live ungodly lives thereafter, like in our day, for an example, and if he rescued righteous lot, oppressed by the sensual conduct of unprincipled men, for by what he saw and heard that, un, that, that righteous man living among them felt his righteous soul tormented day after day by their lawless deeds, then the Lord If all that's true, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment. So he's giving this example in the New Testament for the church to pay attention that we not fall under the same deception as those in the past have. The Apostle Peter said here that false prophets would arise among the people and that false teachers would be among you. That means they're here. They're here now. They have introduced destructive heresies, that is, teachings that will destroy your soul, destructive to the souls of those who believe them. So if false prophets are among us now, where are they? Who are they? Can you tell which ones are false? Have you recognized the destructive heresies that they teach today? If you don't, then you're in deep trouble. You won't be able to recognize the false prophet or his destructive heresies unless you know the word of God for yourself and know the heart of God and being familiar with his will and what he has always been saying to his people. And you won't know that unless you study the word for yourself. I'm not talking about reading the Bible like a newspaper or a history book. I'm talking about research and study, word studies, principle studies. Find out who God is. Find out how he feels about sin in his people. Find out what he's always said about those things. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jeremiah 14, 13, Jeremiah said this concerning what the Lord said. He said, ah, Lord God, I said, look at, the pro- look at what the prophets are telling them. They're telling them, you will not see the sword, nor, you will ha- nor will you have famine, but I will give you lasting peace in this place. Then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. Yeah, sure they are. I have not sent them, nor commanded them, nor spoken to them, but they are prophesying to you a false vision, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. Now, if you go on and read the rest of Jeremiah, he will say in chapter 23 that this is all going to come true in the last days. In the last days, you're going to clearly understand this. This is what's going on today. The false prophets are telling American Christians today that they will not see destruction, that they are saved, that they're going to heaven, even though the typical American Christian today is deeply connected to the world and the ways of the world and entrenched in all kinds of sin and idolatry. God didn't send these prophets to America. Nor did he command them to speak. They are prophesying false visions, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. So why do you think they do this? Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 10, he says this, Because from the least even to the greatest, everyone is greedy for gain. In other words, from the smallest little paid pastor up to the televangelist televangelist that's taken in millions and millions of dollars a year, From the least to the greatest, everyone is greedy for gain. From the prophet even to the priest, everyone practices deceit. They heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially by telling them, peace, peace, but there is no peace. There is no peace when you're in sin. There's no peace when you're in rebellion to God. There's no peace when you serve idols. There's no peace when you worship in false religion. There's no peace when you play church. There's no peace when you're in pornography. There's no peace when you're a lying and deceiving person who practices selfishness. There's no peace when you hold a grudge against somebody and don't forgive them from the heart. There's no real peace. You're in a false peace when you're told that you're just a sinner saved by grace and that you will go to heaven someday even though you walk in the stubbornness of your own heart. But there's really no peace with God. In verse 12, he goes on to say, Were they ashamed because of the abomination they had done? That is, these false teachers telling everybody they're okay. They certainly were not ashamed, and they did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall, and at the time of their punishment, they shall be brought down, says the Lord. Here's the reason why they do this. It's, this is why they teach these things. This is why they give these false prophecies and this false hope. It's because they love the power over people, and they love the money. They love the money. They're greedy for gain, It said. The prophet said they were greedy for gain. Jeremiah said they were greedy for gain. He said from the least of them to the greatest. They have no shame for what they've done. So the, so here's what the false prophecies will sound like. They'll sound like this. All is well. You will have peace. Oh, you're going to heaven. Oh, the Lord wants to bless you. Oh, you're not going to fall under the wrath of God because you're, you're safe and secure in Jesus. Or they say... The grace of God covers all your sins, even though the typical American Christian lives in the flesh and has sin and worldliness dominating their life. And the proof is out there. The research has been done. The studies have been done. The evidence is out there. It's so clear. We, we need to quit fooling ourselves to think that we're really a Christian nation. And you know, in addition to those things, you may hear a statement like this, and I've heard this one many times. Oh, I'm just a poor sinner. I sin every day, but I'm saved by grace. Oh, thank God that I'm saved by grace. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That's not the grace of God. That's not the grace of God, but it's one of those false messages that causes people to lose their fear of God, if they even ever had it. This is one of those destructive heresies. And in Jude, chapter, in Jude 1, 4, it says this, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness, which it means a license to sin, and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. They deny him by telling lies. Now, I desire to remind you, though you know all these things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe, that is, believe and obey. So what he's saying here. To us today, what Jude is saying—that God, after He saves you, will also destroy you if you don't continue in obedience to Him, if you're not continuing in faithfulness to Him. Jesus said, "You must abide in Me," and Jesus said in another place, "Is the one who endures to the end who shall be saved." So God is still de- destroying; He's still to this day destroying. Those of his own people, not just in the Old Testament. Today, he's still destroying those of his own people who were once saved, but later do not continue faithfully with him. Everyone who is teaching a grace today that somehow covers unrepentant sin is a false prophet, a false teacher, or a false pastor. Anyone who teaches once saved, always saved, is a false teacher. Anyone who teaches you that you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit while you live in unrepentant sin, is a false teacher. Acts 5.30 says this, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So forgiveness of sins comes with repentance. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. So he's not giving the Holy Spirit to those who are not obeying him. And if you're not repenting of your sins, you're not obeying him. So God doesn't give his precious Holy Spirit to those who don't obey him and who continue to live in willful sin. Yet the quote unquote Holy Spirit is somehow being distributed today like it was some cheap commodity. But it really is not the Holy Spirit that's being given out. It's another spirit that is given to fleshly people and to sinners. You need to think about that. Anyone who gives prophecies that don't drive you to repentance and cause you to turn to God and be more like Christ is a false prophet. Nathan, the prophet of God, confronted David about his sin with Bathsheba and about killing her husband. And it drove, that prophecy drove David back to God and to repentance. In fact, if you read the Psalms, you'll see how David felt about his repenting. He was continually uh, confessing his sin and calling on God and asking for mercy and says, don't take your spirit from me. Please forgive me. Uh, have mercy on me, Lord. Those were David's cries to the Lord after he repented. Do you see anything like that happening today by these prophecies that we're, we're receiving today? By the ones that I listen to on podcast or on, on YouTube? Do you hear anything? Do you Do you see people falling on their faces and getting right with God because of these prophecies? And also Jonah, when he brought the message of God to Nineveh and the city was in great wickedness and idolatry and Nineveh repented and turned to God and God relented of the calamity which he was going to bring on Nineveh. You see, God sends prophecy. He sends message through his prophets to warn people out of his love for them to turn to him before he destroys them. That's the love of God. And another thing that will identify a false prophet, anyone who gives a prophecy that doesn't come to pass, if it doesn't come to pass, he's a false prophet. I once was at a meeting, a quote unquote spirit-filled church meeting where a so-called prophet was giving words to almost everyone. I have a relative who was bent towards greed and the love of money at this meeting. This prophet gave her a word that she was going to come into a lot of money really soon. She got so excited. You see, she loved money and she she was greedy and loved money. She got so excited and put all of her financial hope in the quote-unquote prophecy money. She even had her children excited and waiting on the money. They're waiting on their ship to come in, but it never came. They waited and waited for several years, still quoting what the prophet said, but it never came. I have seen many such predictions that never came to pass. Those that speak these things that don't come to pass, they are false prophets. And you know what? They're everywhere. They're all around us. What if the guy that says that, um, that God is going to bless his people, his people, all of his people, 10 times financially this year. Do you think that if that doesn't come to pass, does that make him a false prophet? It certainly does. Well, I can tell you he's a false prophet already because God is not saying that to his people. Do you think God is just concerned about that when we as America are in the spiritual, moral condition that we are? Another situation I saw with my own eyes. I was once in another meeting in Chattanooga where a so-called prophet was giving out words again to the people. Everybody was so excited and wanting to get their word. All of his words were very favorable. They, They were all about blessings and prosperity and happiness and better things in life and so forth. The same old kind of thing. I was doubtful. This was many years ago, but I was doubtful about his prophecies. So I asked the Lord, I prayed right there on the spot and said, Lord, please, if if you're going to have this man speak to me, have him give me a word that's from you. And so the prophet spoke to me and he said that the Lord then would have me to read the first seven chapters of Ezekiel. Now, he didn't tell anybody else anything like that. So I took that to heart and I hadn't studied the Bible at that point in time. That's when I first got started as a Christian. I was only a two-year-old Christian at the time. So I didn't know what was in Ezekiel. So I did so. I went and studied the first seven chapters. I read them very carefully, two or three times actually. And when I did, it became so clear to me from reading Ezekiel that this man that had spoken to me was for sure, without a doubt, a false prophet because he was not saying the same things that God was saying in that church because in that church, I knew for a fact there were people there there was a homosexual guy in that church. There was a guy there that was smoking pot every day and speaking in tongues on Sunday. There was a lady there who was in adultery. There was another young woman who was in fornication. I knew about these things. And when this prophet came, it would seem to me that God would expose these sins, that he would confront these sins. But no, he, this prophet just told everybody how great they were and how good God was going to bless them and how God loved them and all this kind of stuff. So I knew when I read Ezekiel that he was a false prophet. At the time, this prophet even traveled around in his own airplane around the country and was welcomed in many charismatic and Pentecostal circles during the early 80s. This same prophet later came back to Chattanooga for another meeting. And at that time, he stayed in the home of a friend of mine. And while he stayed there for several days, he sexually molested my friend's teenage daughter. Why didn't anybody of any of these, quote, spirit-filled churches that he was going to all over the place, where was the spirit of discernment? Where was the recognition of a false prophet? Why didn't any of these spirit-filled churches or pastors or other so-called prophets that he associated with, why did they not discern that this man was false long before this happened, long before he molested my friend's daughter? Why did somebody not recognize what he was and expose him? I'll tell you, because... <laughs> They didn't have the spirit of God either. That's the condition of the church today. And they should have also recognized that he was giving out words by the spirit of divination because he wasn't giving out the words of God, especially to those who were in sin, especially to a church who was broken, especially to the American Christianity that was entrenched in the world. So these things bother me, as you can tell. You see, these false prophets are very popular. They're popular among the people because they please the people rather than please God. They please the people because they give them out words of blessings and prosperity and things that people want, you know, earthly things that people want. Who doesn't want a nicer car? Who doesn't want a bigger house? Who doesn't want a better job? Who doesn't want some money in the bank? Who doesn't want to have better health and better wealth and better prosperity? You see, this is what they're selling. And of course, these prophets, when they come around, They take up these big, huge love offerings and the pastor, he buddies up with them and he pulls for them to get a lot of money and they put the money in their pocket and then they go to the next place and do the same thing all over again, giving all these false prophecies. They're popular. So is it good to be popular like that? Is that really the way that it is with God? Jesus said in Luke 6, 26, he said, woe to you when all the people speak well of you and praise you. For their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. Why did they treat the false prophets in the same way? Why did they speak well of them? Why did they praise them? Because the false prophets always told them the same thing. You're going to have peace. You're going to have lasting peace. You're going to be blessed. Everything is fine. There's no, you're going to be under no judgment. There's going to be no sort of famine coming upon you. You're a Christian. You're of God. You're God's person. You're God, God is just going to bless you. They never did deal with the sins of the people. That's why they were so popular. Think about this. The more popular the pastor is, the more popular the evangelist is or the prophet is, the more of a false messenger he's going to be. There is no way any man saying what God is saying, especially to this perverted and evil generation, Christianity today can be very popular. There's no way he can be very popular. He will be hated by all the religious people, just like Jesus and all the other prophets before him were who addressed the sin of the times with god's people in luke six twenty-two, concerning the true prophet the true messenger he says blessed and i'm gonna read this from the amplified he said blessed and morally courageous and spiritually alive and life joy in god's goodness are you when people hate you and exclude you from their fellowship and insult you and scorn you as evil because of your association with the son of man rejoice in that day and leap for joy for your your reward in heaven is great absolutely inexhaustible for their fathers used to treat the prophets in the same way the true prophets were always mistreated the true prophets were always hated the true prophets were always rejected why don't we see that today well the few true prophets that are you won't probably hear about them you know they don't get that they're not allowed on the big tv programs they're not allowed on the big you know, TBNs and, and all that other stuff, they won't be there. They, they're not allowed because they're not, they're not speaking from the right spirit for these people. You see, the true pastors and prophets are always addressing the sins of God's people, trying to turn them away from the flesh and turn them towards God and are mostly hated because of that. Jesus was rejected by his own people, by the people of Israel. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior and he was rejected. He was misunderstood. He was mistreated. He was, his life was often threatened and all the prophets before him were often killed because they came against the present day false religion and the sins of God's people. Paul the apostle even. Paul the apostle was even beaten times without number. He was falsely accused. He was imprisoned. He was, he was slandered and he was stoned and left for dead one time. And eventually he was sentenced to death for preaching the truth and it was done because of religious people people who said they believed god john bunyan was imprisoned for 12 years by the established church of england for doing a simple thing like preaching the truth of the gospel and exposing the sin and the corruption that was in the church he was he was he his life was threatened and he was imprisoned because of this there have been many men in the past who've been killed over this who've been tortured and burned at the stake because of this you know this is what happens to true prophets they're, so to speak, burned at the stake. One way or the other, their reputation will be burned. They'll be called cult leaders. They'll be, they'll be slandered by the religious uh, hierarchy of the day. They're not, they're going to be hated. They'll be hated for addressing the sins of the American church. So tell me who is hated today? Who is hated today for addressing American Christianity? Where are the true prophets today who are not popular because they point out sin and falsehoods and the traditions that have nothing to do with God? Who are they today? The church is now more corrupt than Israel ever was. Because of the moral corruption and idols of this church being, being what it is today, it's the worst it's ever been in the history of God's people. It's terrible. It's unbelievable. The sin, the moral decay that's in America and in the church, it's all the same. So where are our, where are our prophets who are addressing this evil day that we live in? In Ezekiel 34, verse 1, this is how the Lord feels about it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding them. The way they slaughter them, they slaughter them by telling them lies. They slaughter them, by giving them a false hope and a false security, a false gospel, so to speak. And they eat the fat and clothe themselves with wool. You know, the wool is what you shear off a of sheep. In other words, they're, they're fleecing the sheep. They're taking their money and their time. They're having, them, they're having the sheep to run in their programs and volunteer for all their all the different ideas they have for religiosity. They, they eat the fat and clothe themselves with the wool. They fleece the sheep. They teach things like the tithe, which is not even for the church today, and I'm going to get into that in another podcast, and they and they collect the money. They put it in their pockets. They they make their lives better. They have a, they take unjust gain, gain they've not worked for, gain that have not gone out and earned a living for. They're taking it from the people. And what's even worse in the next verse, chapter verse four of chapter thirty four, he goes on to say, "Those who are sickly you have not strengthened, the diseased you have not healed." The broken you have not bound up, the scattered you have not brought back, nor have you sought for the lost, but with force and severity you've dominated them. In other words, you're the pastor, you're the prophet, don't question me kind of thing. And you know what? For years I've been trying to help a few of these people. I don't know how many times I've come across a couple or family that have just been devastated by the church, that have been left to figure out things for themselves, that the pastors brought them no benefit Over a period of years didn't teach them anything worthwhile. All they taught them to do was to come to church and participate in the religious programs and in the rituals and ceremonies. They never taught them how to live their lives. They never taught them how to get free from sin. They never taught them about the truth of God. They've just been damaged and, and they've been slaughtered. They've been wrecked. Their lives have, they've never been healed of anything spiritually, you know, and that, and then I get a hold of them and it takes a while with the word of God to bring them back to life and he goes on to say these people were scattered for lack of shepherd and they became food for every beast of the field and were scattered of course the beast of the field is a type of satan and his demons and these people that have been under these shepherds these false shepherds of american christianity they have been scattered their lives have been devastated. That's why the divorce rates as high it is in the church. That's why our children after divorce are being scattered to the wind and become food for every demon spirit in the, in the the that there is. That's what's happening to us here in America. That's why that even the modern pastors at 50% or more are in pornography because they have no business preaching and teaching the word of God because they're bringing no benefit to the people of God. So today's pastors are feeding themselves. They tickle the ears, and they try to please the people because of their salary and their other benefits. The average salary for pastors in America is close to $60,000, plus most of them have housing allowance, oftentimes a place furnished to live. They get a retirement, insurance, love offerings, and other, uh, and for uh, love offerings on special occasions like their birthday or vacation or just because it's Pastor Appreciation Week or something. They have a clothing allowance often. Then they get speaking fees when they go to other vents that they put in their pocket. They have vehicle expenses covered and travel expenses covered. And often their meals are paid for. And they have other benefits that make their, that make their salaries really average well over $100,000 in so many cases. And in the megachurches, the salaries go up much higher, some like 500000 and up per year. And many well-known televangelists take in millions of dollars. And many of those well-known popular preachers have net worth in the millions and millions of dollars that they have taken from donations to, quote, unquote, get out the gospel. But these, so many of these preachers that are well-known, that people think a lot of, are living in mansions. Some of them have two or three mansions. They have a a, a summer home in the Bahamas. They have a, a mansion on one end of the country and a mansion on the other end of the country. They fly around in a private jet and they have stuck millions and millions of dollars in their own pockets. Is this really of God? And in spite of all of that, it's obvious by the present moral decline of the church today that our pastors, prophets, evangelists, and teachers have only been taking care of themselves and not the people. Otherwise, American Christians, American Christianity would not be in the pitiful moral condition it is today if they were providing any benefit at all to the people. Think about it. Next week, I will continue on why the modern pastors and prophets and teachers have corrupted the american church with falsehoods for money and power i will continue on this i hope you join me then next week thank you for listening to the great deception podcast you may visit my website at www.christianmyths.org for more information for my blog and for my email address You can also get my book, The Great Deception of American Christianity Without Christ, on Amazon or on my website. Also on my website, you may download two free chapters of my book. I hope you join me next week as we continue to examine The Great Deception.